everyone. Uh, welcome to your favorite podcast of the week. This is Location Weekly. It's episode number 588, and we are recording on September the 28th. Um, and uh, Abriana is not here this week. She's a bit under the weather, so uh, I'm very excited and happy that uh, our good friend and longtime colleague, uh, Karsten, uh, is joining us from Germany. Karsten, welcome. How are you? Thank you, Yosef. I'm fine. Great. Actually, it's a great day for us because LBMA activities and physical events restarted here in Germany right now. So I'm here in Heidelberg, uh, which is uh, yeah, a city south of Frankfurt. And so uh, we restarted our activities doing the first workshop uh, with our LBMA members and partners on site. So the core team is here. We're also producing today our POS Connect uh, which is uh, a former exhibition format. Now it's a digital format. So we will be informed, uh, inform you about that. So great to have 35, 40 people on site. LVMA crowd is coming together. So yes, I'm feeling very, very great. That's awesome. Yeah, and uh, thank you again for, for jumping in last minute and joining us. Before we get to the stories, we do have a special uh, guest uh, coming in via video here. Uh, and that is, uh, as you were talking about physical events, you know, one of the things that's coming up very quickly for us here in North America is our Retail Local Conference. We are finally back after COVID in person, October 26th and 27th in Atlanta. And one of our key sponsors for the conference this year is Radar. And so here's a, uh, a little bit of a, a message from uh, Nick, who's the CEO at Radar uh on what they do and uh their uh involvement in the conference this year so here it is uh from nick at radar hey everyone my name is nick patrick and i'm the co-founder and ceo of radar that's radar.com radar is the leading geofencing platform and we power location-based experiences like curbside pickup arrival detection store locators in-store modes and more for brands like american eagle outfitters joanne panera bread t-mobile and afterpay at Radar, we talk a lot about the Amazon effect and the Uber effect. We're used to ordering a package on Amazon and having it show up on our doorstep the next day. We're used to calling an Uber to any address and seeing the car come to us with accurate ETAs. And we as consumers expect these really seamless, frictionless, right place, right time experiences from every app that we use. And we expect brands to deliver these experiences in a privacy conscious way. At Radar, we believe that the best experiences happen at the intersection of the digital and physical worlds. Use cases like the ones I mentioned before, as well as delivery tracking, self-driving cars, contactless payments, fleet optimization, augmented reality, all of these use cases have a location component. We think that location, specifically first-party location data, is, is going to power the next decade of digital transformation. And we believe that customer-obsessed companies of all shapes and sizes are going to adopt location infrastructure in the coming years if they haven't already. Radar is really excited to be a gold sponsor at Retail Loco this year. And we're looking forward to connecting with all of you there who are on the, the cutting edge of digital innovation. I'll be giving a keynote on day one, talking about all these trends, and I'd love to see you there. And in the meantime, we'd love to hear from you. Feel free to check us out on the web at radar.com. Thanks so much. Thanks, Nick. Uh, we appreciate you guys, and we're looking forward to seeing you in person uh, at the event. Um, and so uh, with that, we'll jump right into our stories. And uh, since Abriana's not here, Karsten gets to kick us off with the first story this week. 
Very kind. I couldn't re replace her, but let, let's try. Um, cool thing from BBDO and their world is an NGO, um, a globally initiative um, focused on helping kids to learn and be educated around the globe. So their world is doing this kind of groundwork to end the, um, the education crisis. That's what they claim themselves uh, on their website, uh, just to make visible that a lot of, a lot of kids all over the world do not have access to good um, yeah, education, schools, facilities, uh, teachers, things like that. To make that visible, they teamed up with BBDO and started a campaign uh, down in Manhattan where and we are all right now having a lot of conversation about the metaverse, this jumping into the real world uh, and going back into a virtual world. And they combine those both by doing holograms um, on a, on a uh, great spot in New York, uh, where actually these kind of people, um, these kids, they need education, they ask for help, and they, they explain why are they in the situation, will be on site at the venue by a hologram projected. Uh, and this is also so location-based, those different angles, uh, different locations in this this area around the, um, I think it's Brooklyn Bridge, is it right? Yeah. Uh, park down there. And so what they do is they, they spread the message location-based uh, by kids asking for help, asking for education. And I think it's a great way to attract people and combining the digital world with the physical world. But also you can see it is uh, very, um, yeah, intense in terms of how much technology you read right now to protect something into a real world scenario. So combining the real world and the physical world, uh, the digital world is still an issue. Um, so great campaign and we would love to support that. And this is, yeah, I think it's, it's great to, to make it on a personal way visible. Yeah, I think uh, exactly as you said, I think uh, the guys at their world have obviously, you know, this this is what they do uh, for a living, uh, you know, is uh, bring uh, light uh, and visibility to this, this cause of, uh, you know, these children uh, around the world. Um, and I think it's just really cool that, you know, with the event happening, uh, the summit happening uh, at the UN uh, General Assembly to kind of highlight, not just to you know, people attending that event, but to, you know, New Yorkers in general, uh, in and around the city, you know, the importance of uh, getting behind this issue, you know, whether that's financially or otherwise, and recognizing there's so many uh, children dealing with poverty or war, or, you know, uh, Actually, it's that about 260, 260 million kids do not have access to, to proper education. This is unbelievable. It's yeah. just about the amount of kids and the the amount of resources and, and they, their, their brain and their ideas and their possibilities they may have li uh, in life. So we have definitely to work on this. Yeah. And I think like the, um, you know, using the hologram, uh, obviously it's it's cool. It's It's kind of, you know, very, you know, sort of in the now type of technology, but they've coupled that also with digital advertising, you know, reaching out to people on their mobile devices, geo-targeting, you know, that advertising to people in the area, in the city uh, that are near the UN headquarters. So I think that's pretty cool uh, as well. So I'm, uh, you know, encouraged by this type of campaign that they can use, you know, the technologies that we talk about at the LBMA yes. you know, for something good uh, and not just, you know, selling products all the time. So that's good. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, so on to our second story. So we're going to jump from uh, the U.S. over to the U.K. 
And there's a, a startup over there called Souk, S-O-O-K. And this is kind of interesting. These are, um, you know, we've seen a lot of pop-up retail, pop-up spaces lately in the last number of years. I think partly because, you know, there's just a lot of vacant space, uh, you know, driven by COVID. Uh, a lot of businesses that have gone out of business uh, and so a lot of space available. And so here comes a new um, real estate slash technology company. Um, and what they're doing is, is they're, they've created a platform for renting out uh, these spaces for short term pop up, um, you know, uses, be it retail or otherwise. Um, and what's a little bit different here is it's not just, hey, you know, let's let's take over this space and, and we'll, we'll run a, a pop up store for two weeks or, you know, whatever, this can be as down to a, a shorter time as an hour. Um, so could be just an event that you're throwing, uh, you know, quick little retail uh, exposure uh, that you're looking for. Um, and I think what I like about it is, is that it's, it caters nicely to small, medium businesses as well, right? So this isn't only big brands that, you know, want to, you know, get a, a, a big launch happening and, you know, some, some brand exposure, but, you know, you could be a small business that's just got a new product in the market and you can just rent, rent a, a pop-up retail space for a day and create some social media buzz and drive traffic to it. Um, and uh, it could also be used for art galleries, uh, they say, because the way the spaces that they've got are designed is they're heavy on digital signage. So you walk into one of these spaces and the entire walls are all digital screens and signage that can be uh, utilized uh, in different ways with, you know, obviously, um, you know, whatever content you have in mind. Uh, and they handle all the staffing, uh, they handle all the sort of content distribution onto those screens for you as part of the sort of turnkey service that they're offering. And they currently have 10 sites uh, in London and in other, you know, sort of UK cities like Birmingham and Edinburgh. Um, and uh, they have a premium location on Oxford Street in London as well. So uh, I think it's kind of interesting that you can, you know, um, book this type of pop-up space, not just, you know, as I said, for, you know, a week or two, but, you know, for something as short as one hour. Um, kind of a little bit different. What are your thoughts? Absolutely. Even the, the, the short-term possibility and accessibility, uh, even to small businesses and regional or local ones, is, I think it's kind of a game changer. Right now we see we have platforms all over the world who are selling out this kind of pop-up space, but this is a minimum rent of a month or a couple of days, whatever, and it's uh, mostly available just only for uh, enterprises, brands, things like that. This is what they used to do. This is um, seems to me more like a, uh, the market marketplace concept so have, having got in the center of the town this little spots and uh, make it available um, kind of the marketplace where, where, where you can f buy food uh, things like that so um, I, I love the idea um, but I still not know how um, easy is accessible for small brands and what the requirements are to to make it in a proper way um, if they take care about that just not then uh, uh, renting out the space um, so you have different uh, yeah legal stuff to to have a look in before things like that if they do it in a proper way it could be a game changer even for this yeah uh, to to make yeah, the city more attractive uh, as it is right now when the space is empty. Um, but we have to educate people. And I hope the platform is working very, very easily because uh, from my experience, uh, even the small 
uh, yeah, retailers, brands, or local uh, yeah, companies, they, they are not so well educated in, in terms of how to handle those kind of stuff. And that starts with how we can pay there. Yeah, is that um, payment on site, the credit card, things like that. So if they, if they give the kind of checklist and helping hand, uh, it will be great. Agree, agree. Okay, on to our third story. Absolutely. So our friends from Walmart, again, I think, I don't know how, how often we mentioned that in the podcast very often, obviously a very innovative, big company. And um, in terms of, um, yeah, the connection between digital and uh, physical sales, we have this missing link. If you buy something uh, online, so yeah, it can easily be delivered to your house and that's fine. But what about the returns? What about what do you have to do then? So you have to repack it and then you have to bring it back to the post office or wherever station it is. May some of the driver pick them up. So uh, Walmart is launching um, for the holiday season uh, this year for their Walmart Plus loyalty partners, members, yeah, a curbside pickup for returns. And this is a game changer. Uh, absolutely, because what we have right now is so it's very, very hard to bring stuff back to the store or bring back stuff to the postal office. You have to wait in a queue for it. You have to have a stamp or fill something out or print something out before. So it's very inconvenient. So uh, Walmart uh, hired uh, 40,000 uh, additional driver for a holiday season. They're not only just doing uh, returns. They, I think, do the whole process. But <laughs> uh, they hired 40,000 additional drivers uh, on their fleet just to, to offer this kind of service. And uh, that's great because uh, for me, it's a pain point and every time a retailer is jumping into these these kind of things and say right just delete one of the pain points obviously digital commerce has and this returns as a pain point yes and deleting just the pain point um, it's a great initiative so let's see how it works out uh, and they start i think in october uh this year beginning of holiday season so when the sales drive so let's see how it works yeah, I, I think this is, uh, I agree. I mean, I think it, it is a game changer. We know the uh, the pain that, you know, it is to order something online, get it home and then try it on, realize it's the wrong size or a lot of people, um, at least people I know anyways, when buying things online, you know, especially clothing, you know, they'll buy like multiple sizes knowing yep. that only then one, pick one. It, and then I have to re send the other ones back, you know, it, things like that. Right. So, and, and it, it is, it's a painful experience, you know, no matter how easy they make it, whether it's, you know, here's the, uh, you know, the envelope already, you know, postage and all of that kind yes. of stuff, you still have to package it up, get it to the post office, you know, get it out, you know, all of that. So like having a fleet, a fleet of drivers uh, that it's going to come to your door and pick this up and take it back and, you know, it's seamless. I think that makes a ton of sense. And I think the timing is really good as well, right? So they're launching this as of uh, October 1st. So just, you know, in a couple of days from now, and this will run right through to the end of January to January 31st next year. So they're hitting the crucial time of, you know, U.S. Thanksgiving, Christmas, you know, all these big, you know, holiday and, and big purchase uh, times, you know, where we're spending lots of money uh, at Walmart. Um, and so I, so I think it, uh, you know, I, I think this, this is, this is going to make a lot of sense and it's going to do really well for them on a customer service point of view. And I could see other retailers jumping on board with their own, you know, existing delivery uh, capabilities or fleet of, uh, of drivers and, you know, I'm surprised that um, 
you know, we haven't heard similar announcements from, you know, guys like, uh, you know, DoorDash or, uh, you know, folks like, like that, that are, you know, now in the retail space as well, you know, teaming up with retailers to do this, but uh, I'm glad to see, you know, Walmart, Walmart is, uh, is being innovative and, and supporting the, uh, the return side of, of goods as well. So, yeah, uh, obviously, um, they are big enough to do it because they have their own warehouse, they have their logistics by their own. If you're a bit smaller than you, most of those uh, services are, um, yeah, did by, by another company. It's not actually the retailer. So all yeah. the returns are coming to a different company. They take care of it and may resell it or uh, sometimes they just uh, dump it. <laughs> this is what's yeah, happened. We, we, so which is why like, you know, like, Guys like DoorDash and Uber have an opportunity, right, to go in and help some of the smaller brands and retailers, yeah. you know, do exactly okay. the same thing, right? Just exactly. for a fee instead. So, um, alrighty. So, moving on to our final story now, we're going to jump over to Korea, and there is a virtual reality company uh, called Visit, um, and they've developed a uh, a new app um, called Round Pick, and this is focused on the tourism sector. So this is a, uh, they call this a mobile tourism content service that allows anyone to create location-based 360 VR content and share it in real time using the smartphone's rear camera. So um, number one, I, you know, I, uh, first of all, VR is, um, you know, something that is uh, being used a lot more these days. Uh, we're hearing, you know, announcements almost on a weekly basis right now about, uh, you know, new VR um, solutions in the markets, uh, you know, uh, glasses and things like that, that we've talked about for years are finally, you know, starting to hit mainstream now. Apple's about to release their new technology in the space. So, you know, this is happening and I think it's being driven by, uh, you know, the metaverse um, applications that, that we're seeing out there and the success of, you know, Roblox and, and other platforms like that uh, to some extent too. But essentially, here you're you're talking about um, an app that's that's focused on 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 the tourism space, um, and so it's a camera-based app. It can it can obviously capture you know really high quality 360 VR you know uh, video and photos, um, and then it's really focused on helping travelers you know then choose destinations, select hotels, you know based on the the VR experiences that you're seeing through what's been captured uh, with this app. Uh, so it's both a, you know, sort of an app for the content creator or the business owner or the tourism operator, um, you know, to create rich visual experiences of the properties uh, and destinations that they want to promote, as well as, you know, a, a, a great uh, solution for, for the consumer, the traveler, uh, who then wants to, you know, sort of see what, what's available to them. Um, and it's not just a mapping, you know, here's a map and here's what's at that location and so on. You can actually shop, you know, directly, you know, through the app as well. You can purchase reserve, uh, you know, properties or rooms or, you know, experiences uh, through the service. Um, so I think this is interesting. It's only available uh, in Korea right now. Um, and as I said, it's called Roundpick from a company called Visit. Any thoughts on this, Karsten, or anything similar you're seeing in Europe? 
Yeah, I know it's it's great because actually this is also a pain point for uh, tourist destinations. So we're all talking a lot of data uh, in terms of how we can generate data for our local business. Yeah, if you even rent a restaurant or uh, a bar or a hotel, it doesn't matter. So maybe not a big chain. Uh, and uh, we had these great motels in Canada, um, family-owned uh, motels on, on, on the road, yeah. Those people need help and those kind of, uh, this application can help uh, people to create great content from what they do because otherwise it's very expensive. You, you can buy it, yes, that's not a problem, but create the content in a good quality uh, with an application helps you do the right way. That's uh, absolutely amazing uh, because otherwise you have to hire a team, then they charge you extra and other things you have created and well, a lot of people are not used to do this yes and even if you're a small business um, it's maybe yeah it's not not, not so easy for you so uh, I think it's great yeah I, I, I agree I think it's uh, you make a good point it's not easy for for to, to do this still today right so I think any apps that you know are out there that can make it seamless make it you know uh, something that's you know easier to create yeah. and, and then distribute and make available i think is is a good thing so if you're in korea and you're listening to this uh check it out let us know what you think um so that's our show four stories uh for this week uh we want to thank karsten for uh filling in for abriana this week last minute and uh helping us out uh bringing uh, these stories to us thank you karsten appreciate it thank you steve great to be there yeah, and uh, for our listeners and viewers out there, you've been uh, watching and listening episode number 488 of, or, sorry, 588. 588. Yeah, I, I dropped 100 there, 588. So, so we, we are close to do the 600 episodes. We're almost there. We're almost there. So yeah, uh, yeah I remember. Yeah. I remember 500. It's not so long ago. Not so long ago. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we thank you everybody for your time. Please, if you don't have your ticket yet for Retail Loco, uh, go get one. Uh, just go to retaillo.co, retaillo.co. Uh, that is October 26th and 27th uh, in uh, Atlanta. And also, um, I haven't mentioned recently on here, but uh, the week before that, uh, I will be in Tokyo for the LVMA uh, event uh, involved in uh, the Koreatech uh, conference uh, in Tokyo in Japan. Uh, so if you're in J Japan and you're listening to this, uh, I look forward to seeing you over there. Um, but yeah, yeah, get involved. The LVMA is uh, back up and running in-person events again. Yes, we do. Lots going on in Europe as well. Um, and uh, we, uh, we, we look forward to seeing you. Thanks, everybody. Have a great week. <laughs>